You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. I hear you get your news from CNN. All these other fuckers watching Fox News again. Yo, Chris, don't they know that that shit is whack? Hell yeah, Andy, it is a white and black. FG fan, bam, we found another way. There's some noobs, motherfucker, on Fade to Gray. What's up, all you News for Noobs listeners out there? I'm here with a friend of mine named Charles who has a lot of intel, you see. He's a man that works for the government. We're not going to get into exactly what part of the government he works for or exactly uh, you know, which branch of whatever amalgamation that the government is. We're not going to say exactly where Charles works, but he's got a lot of information that you may not have. And so I'm very excited to talk to him today. It's almost like a fade to gray state of the union. And, um, and Charles is going to let us know exactly what the state uh, of the union looks like. You've heard about it on the news, how it's just, you know, doom and gloom. It's the end of the world. And, and, uh, you know, Charles, I just want to know, from your perspective, I mean, you're, you've got a lot of, uh, inside information here. What is the general like climate in the government? Like how is everyone doing? Is everyone freaking out up there? Well, uh, thanks for having me on. Um, but definitely good to have you. Yeah. I can speak towards like, um, people sitting at their desks how they are reacting, how they are responding to this whole pandemic is, um, you know, very, very, very serious. Everyone is taking it very, very seriously. Um, and with that being said, people are still, st- people are still joking about it too. You know, I- I've seen, you, you see like, uh, guys like Jimmy Fallon and, um, oh, who's the guy on, um, HBO, HBO talk show host. I love this uh, John guy. Oliver. John Oliver, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, these these guys are all broadcasting from their homes, and they're they're treating the topic very seriously. But yet, with a comedic spin, they're able to they're able to like joke about it too. And I feel like it's the same it's the same way in the offices of uh, of the big government. Um, with that being said, um, administratively, um, all the leadership is taking everything very very seriously. Um, they're they're really changing a lot of everyday um, policies and stuff and everyday practices to keep people safe in the, in the offices. But, um, everyone's work is very, very focused and and it's the single issue that is on everyone on the tip of everyone's tongue Mm -hmm. and at the forefront of everyone's mind because everyone's like super terrified that this thing could just spiral out of control, you know? Yeah. I mean, you've heard from people that, you know, this is worse than nine 11 and on a, uh, on an economical level, yeah, I mean, I can definitely see that, and I can agree with that. I just wonder, you know, with how many people who have died, which is definitely more than nine eleven. To me, it doesn't feel as grave as nine eleven felt. Um, what do yeah, you think? I agree. I agree. I think the whole nine eleven comparison, the Pearl Harbor comparison, those are really sort of just sound bites for mass mass reproduction to the to the mass. Um, to the public, you know, um, I think they're done with good intention. They're done to not exaggerate, but they're done to motivate people there, um, to take the advice of the government. And the, 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 the thing about this whole pandemic is that, um, the, the pandemic will stop if everyone 
bands together and fight. So you want people to actually be together in one place. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Everyone let's, let's, we should have uh, parties and everyone hands across America. No, that's funny. But, but, but seriously though, if every, if everyone would just unite under a common, um, under common advice and to, to work towards one common goal, then the pandemic will stop. And that's, that's like, that's all that that's the government can really just inform the people on how to, um, flatten the curve, like everyone says. And if the people don't trust their government, the people aren't doing what their government is advising, or people just aren't taking like common sense advice, then the pandemic is not going to stop. And so people, I think you have um, a lot of the officials and the people who are in charge, they're putting out these comparisons just to try to motivate people to know how serious their particular role um, it can play in this whole pandemic. Right. So you have, I guess, like, let me, let me clarify real quick by the experts, uh, in the, in government, you're talking about like, uh, Dr. Fauci, right. You're, you're talking about yeah. what he has to say, what his advice is, not what the president's advice is necessarily. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think what, whatever the experts and, you know, I, I've been watching these nightly, um, the political theater that's happening nightly, um, with the coronavirus task force um, press conference and um, I'm very very pleased that they're letting the experts talk quite a bit and they're they're letting them answer questions and the reporters are not shy with saying okay here's a question for you mr. Trump here's a question for you dr. fauci you know they're not shy about uh, asking around and and honestly to Trump's credit he hasn't um, you know he hasn't he will hand the microphone off when he, when he can't answer the question, uh, he will hand the microphone off. And I think it's been great for the experts to actually be able to give, uh, give their opinion. I don't know that that happened right from the beginning. I think the experts were kind of, um, and more, a more of an advisory role, at least behind the scenes. But now that everyone is glued to their TVs and the news and the Dr. Fauci and Dr. What is her name? Burke. Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I and honestly, I've only ever watched one of these things, so oh. I only know Dr. Fauci because I hear him talked about on podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Dr. F- Dr. Fauci and then the female Dr. Burke, I think those two are are experts in their in their respective fields, and so I'm happy that they're able to get up in front of the American people and to r- truly give advice answer questions and then this and then keep this from being a complete political theater but i mean you know it's there's some of that as well well let's talk Uh, about that because you're saying that it's an election year you know of course it's an election year you got a lot of political theater going on in the in the news but let's talk about you know you're talking about how trump is willing to give up the microphone and you kind of laud him for that whenever he doesn't know a question um how do you feel about whenever he recommended people try hydroxychloroquine um you know to kind of like ward off the virus i mean what what do you think about that because people were really upset about it uh and some idiot person, I can't remember where it was, Florida probably, uh, decided <laughs> to eat some of this stuff that was a, a, it was one of the ingredients in their fish tank cleaner, ended up yeah. dying from it. Um, I mean, if my fish tank cleaner had Tylenol in it, I wouldn't take it if I had a headache, but okay. Um, yeah. 
but but what do you think about Trump going out there and saying, hey, you know, it can't hurt? <laughs> uh, should he have done that or should he have waited for, you know, Dr. Fauci to give that advice? Or do you think the media is making too much of that and kind of spinning it? What do you think? Well, there's always some spin, first off. Um, I do think that when whenever a non-expert, non like when someone who doesn't have any, you know, multiple degrees or experience with certain chemicals or public health or, you know, really just advice, I don't think that those people should be giving um, advice that is not super, super clear. And so a lot of the times our, our politicians will offer, will, will say things and they're kind of spitballing, you know, and I think and Trump spitballs a lot and you have to really kind of uh, listen to what he says and take it take it kind of um take it for what it is because he's not always just giving out clear advice he's just sort of might be rambling about stuff that he's heard but you have to like say oh well he's rambling about stuff that he's heard that's not clear black and white advice on what to do you know and so to i think i think to um maybe the detriment of maybe it's a fault of his I would say that he probably should be a little more careful in that there are people that have no common sense in the world and there yeah. are there are people who will literally just do whatever you tell them to do. Yeah. And, and so from the from that huge ginormic ginormic is that a word? That'll work. <laughs> Ginormous uh, <laughs> platform I think people should take care with what they say um, and even have like even have a regard for a careful regard for how whatever they say comes off and how it can be misconstrued. Yeah. So I, you know, Trump, Trump gets in trouble with that all the time because he, he takes, he takes a lot of questions and he answers a lot of things from his own mind and not from the mind of a speechwriter. I mean, we had, we had president Obama was the best speech reader. I think <laughs> any of our other presidents have ever been. Um, he could read a speech with the best of them, you know? Yeah. Um, everything Especially was one so- that lied about the Patriot act, but uh, go ahead. <laughs> sure. But every, everything <laughs> was, everything was very calculated um, and, and precise with, with Obama. And I feel like with Trump, it's, it's it might be calculated behind the scenes. He might have he might have like the very very best person doing this or that, but when it comes down to it, if he's kind of speaking off the cuff, um, he could kind of get himself into a little bit of trouble. But I don't know. I wouldn't I wouldn't really discredit him with that. But it's something that I would probably be a little more careful with if I had that platform. Yeah, you got people who are actually calling for him to resign over this, saying like he's at fault for killing that guy. The guy that uh, died from the uh, from the fish tank cleaner, and I'm thinking, no, he died from natural selection. You know, like this. I mean, I'm sorry he's dead, but anyone who's dumb enough to do that, you know, I, you kind of deserve what you get in that case. I feel uh, that may not be your position, but I mean, I, I just Trump is an idiot. I don't think he should have said what he said. I think he should leave it to the experts. But at the same time, like he didn't force this guy to go and eat fish tank cleaner. I just want to clear that up. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. I I don't, I don't know. I don't know the exact quote. I've, I've read the articles uh, about the guy who died and I thought it was more than one 
Uh, maybe oh. only one person has died, but I think a couple have actually tried drinking the, the chemicals. Well, it was a man and his wife, and she got really sick, and he died. Yeah. Yeah, she actually survived. So, yeah, I remember seeing that on Twitter um, a couple weeks ago. But I don't know what Trump said exactly. But if I could, if I could hazard a guess, it would probably be like, you know, I've heard this doing this is helpful. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get some information out about that, but maybe, you know, maybe doing this would be good, but I'm not sure. You know, I bet it was something like that. Anything he says has a million different little like qualifiers. Right. Um, and I'm not, I'm not trying to justify what he said. I'm trying to like get into his mind. He's, he's searching and reaching for stuff to say because he's filling airtime. Right. And, and the fact that people can't really see through that, I think, is a discredit to them. And maybe natural selection thinks that those <laughs> people should be able to be able to just see through stuff like that more, you know? I don't would, know. Yeah, you would think. Yeah, it just, you know, the mindset of Trump. I, I love that idea to try to look at things from his mindset. I mean, whenever he declared the coronavirus a national emergency, <laughs> I laughed out loud because he said, yeah, this is a natural emergency. Two very big words. <laughs> it, you know, he just, who knows what he's going to say. I love yeah. watching uh, whenever he's doing the press conferences and the different news people. He's always talking to some guy named John from CNN telling him he's a third rate reporter. And, you know, yeah. I, I love his quips and comebacks. And the lady, you know, they said, why do you call it the Chinese virus? He's like, because it comes from China. You know, I just... Yeah. It, it comes from China. <laughs> it's hilarious to me. Like I know that he's a buffoon, but it's entertaining at the very least. Uh, yeah. You know, and and certainly it's deadly at the worst. But I mean, he's he's just a character, and and um, he's something. He's somebody who's very polarizing. And in fact, I've got friends. You know, Trump just yesterday said he hopes to have the economy back up and running by May 1st. And I have a friend who thought that that was the wrong message to send and, and thinks that that's a deadly thing to say because it's going to encourage people to get out and, uh, you know, go do stuff. Um, what would what would you say to someone who thinks like that? Well, I think that is probably something that is in more in the lane of um, being being presidential. All he's trying to do is inspire hope and give people like, hey, there's we're almost at a turning point. Um, he's, he's giving people hope, you know, that and that's kind of what the figurehead of the executive branch is supposed to do. There's really not a lot the executive branch can really do legally. I mean, there's executive orders and there's these powerful appointments and the direction of things. Um the uh, of of a lot of departments um is 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 led by you know the president of course but outside of that um you you really have some limitations now declaring a national emergency gives you special permissions and whatnot but but um my point is the executive the executive branch is really there to inspire hope be a figurehead and really kind of like talk people off of the off of the ledge, you know, your, your, your regional congressman is not going to talk you off of a ledge. You know what I mean? It's going to be the guy who's going to be on the news, the guy who's in like in, I'm air quoting leadership of the country. You know, it's that, it's that person who is going to be able to inspire hope and kind of enact change, um, 
through ins- ins- inspiration and through motivation and, and through just positive thinking. So he, he, you know, if he said, I hope to have it up by May 1st, like who wouldn't hope to have it up by May 1st, who wouldn't hope to have it up right now, you know? Right. And because so I, the economy being down has a lot of really grave consequences for many millions of Americans. I mean, we're talking, you know, what was it? 10 billion people filing unemployment right now. Like that's a, that's a yeah. huge problem, you know? So if yeah, we can get I the lost. economy back up, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I lost, I lost a lot of money when the market nosedived and I, I had to sell a lot of my positions and I should have held on to them because I know the market always bounces back, but I couldn't afford to lose anymore. So I was just in a position to where I had to sell. And so, I mean, it hurts everybody, whether or not you're invested or not, it helps people. It hurts. Um, you know, the economy is, is the life force of what makes America great right now. Um, in this modern age, uh, we're the strongest economy and all the different talking points about the economy that you, that you hear. I mean, it's for a reason because, um, our, our species has never, accomplish something so great um like we have right now so so yeah when that suffers we all suffer one way or the other and our prosperity for the future uh can surf can suffer as well so yeah it's very very serious i guess is the point yeah we'll unpack that for me you you say like our our culture our species has never um we've never been able to achieve the greatness that we have right now, you have many people, you know, who are constantly talking about how horrible America is and how, you know, their people are mistreated and, you know, uh, how women need equal rights and equal pay and everything. And, and I mean, hopefully everyone agrees that women need equal rights and equal pay, but like, why do you say that America has achieved the greatness that it has right now? Like, what are you talking about exactly? Well, the fact that everyone's got enough time, enough resources, and enough of everything they need to sit here and get on social media and split hairs uh, on this this little this little inequality, this little inequality, they have the time, the ability to kind of research that. That they have, like they have. The, the power, the research, they have the ability to, um, to, to, to learn and make arguments and they have the, t- they, w- they wouldn't, they wouldn't have anything. They, they wouldn't have any, the ability to do that if we hadn't solved all these other crazy, crazy problems that, that are, that humans have had to solve, you know, um, you know, maybe women do make a little less than guys than, than men do, you know, um, maybe, I don't know what are the other grievances that people have these days. I'm sure there are plenty, you know, but the fact that we're worried about that is totally reminiscent of uh, a first world problem. Um, and the fact that, I don't know, I'm, I'm I guess I, I don't think I'm being very clear, but one thing that I want to be clear about is that I've been to several other countries and I have seen destitute living. I have seen poverty. I have seen starvation. I have seen um, people dying of things like diarrhea, um, people dying of unknown unknown causes. And you go to the funerals and you say, well, what did they die from? And they say, oh, we, we don't know. What do you mean? What did they die from? That's not important. What's important is that, you know, they're dead and that sucks. Um, you know, that's a large percentage of of um human population still lives like that right and uh the american experiment has has leveraged 
economic system such as capitalism, free market, this type of stuff, and has created created really, really prosperous life um, and lifestyles. And it's not perfect, but it is way better than the alternative. Yeah. And and so the 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 economy is everything because it is the source of our freedom. It's the source of our liberty. It's the source of our living, you know, living the best life we can. Or we might be in, in more unstable times and you know, we might be in bread lines or we might <laughs> we might I mean this this whole pandemic thing is That's like only if Bernie becomes president, right? Well, yeah, I think, I, I think personally, I, I don't, I don't like give too many opinions, but my opinion on Bernie is that I think the country will be a lot, uh, a lot like this pandemic. If, um, you know, I, we'll be waiting and we'll be waiting in lines to get groceries. We'll be waiting in lines to go to the hospital. You know, we'll be, um, you know, the, Policemen will be shutting down uh, interstates to prevent travel from state to state. I just feel like if Bernie's president, we'll see a lot of stuff like that that we're seeing right now during this pandemic. Um, and a lot of a lot of people that I know who are former Soviets uh, from Soviet from the Soviet Union, I know that they're thinking when they go to the grocery store and they're have to, they're having to wait in line to get in the door. I know that they're reminded of the Soviet Union right now. I just, I just absolutely 100% know it. So, uh, yeah, I think if Bernie, you know that because you're in contact with former, former Soviets or like, how do you know that? Oh, I, I just, I, I know, I know a lot of people who are, um, American citizens who are former, um, citizens of the Soviet union. Gotcha. Okay. And so I just know, I, I haven't spoken to them specifically about, But you've heard them talk about what it was like living in the Soviet Union, standing in line for grocery stores. Absolutely. And I've heard them talk about how much like when they when they came to grocery stores in the U.S. for the first time, you know, in the 90s, uh, when they were able to get out of there uh, during the fall. I've heard them talk about how they were just dumbfounded by the the amount of food and the selections of things we had in our grocery stores and and they were they were curious as to how we were able to keep such a huge amount of food in the grocery store without it spoiling. They're like why would you have so much food in the grocery store? People aren't going to buy it fast enough and you're going to end up spoiling the food. Yeah, it's called preservatives. It's called chemicals, <laughs> idiots. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a whole other conversation. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I guess I guess the point is is there's there are, there are different countries, there are different parts of the world out there that have not experienced the amount of prosperity that we have on our scale or in our um, we they haven't experienced it as consistent as consistent or as stable as we have experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- you know, I'm lucky because like you, I've been to many different countries as well. And I've got to, it's not like I just stayed in, you know, the big cities or anything. I, I like to venture out and get lost and go to places that normally, you know, most people wouldn't go to. And specifically, I'm talking about Mexico and Vietnam. Um, you know, I've been to some places in those two countries where you would go, wait a minute, people still live like this? 
I mean, yeah. you would be so shocked and it's like, man, it really makes you count how lucky you are to live in a country, um, like United States, um, where we have a lot and we wish for little and we wish for little, um, we've, um, you know, just to reiterate what I was saying earlier is, you know, we have solved the large issues and because we've done that, everyone's got enough time on their hands to be sit around and be bored and fight about the little issues and pretend those little issues are huge issues. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, people having jobs is a huge issue. Right. People fighting about how much they get paid for those jobs is slightly less important than people having jobs. And honestly, it might be very, very important to some people, but on a mass scale, just speaking, just speaking on a, on a macro, on a macro level, it's not as important as the other things. So I think just to, just to sum it up, I think it's a testament to how successful we've been that we could, um, that everyone's sitting around fretting the small stuff. It's like hashtag first world problems, you know? Right. Well, let's talk about the success of Donald Trump and this whole COVID thing, because, you know, you've got him, people ask him, and I think this is such a weird question. Like, how would you rate yourself? Uh, I heard that, you know, one of the reporters was asking him that. And of course, the only correct answer or the only answer you can give someone uh, is to tell them that you're doing a, a 10 out of 10. If you tell them you're doing a one out of 10, well, then, you know, you're admitting defeat and you're opening yourself up to criticism, uh, you know, but if, if you're Trump and you think very highly of yourself anyway, of course, you're going to say, I give myself a 10 out of 10. Um, as someone who works in the government, what would you give Trump on a That's scale of a sh- one to 10? It's such a shitty question. It really if is. I was, <laughs> if I was Trump and someone asked me that question, I would have a field day with them. I would go off and just say, you know, why the fuck do you want me to answer bullshit, <laughs> sensationalized questions? Right. Anyway, but I get why you're asking me. But if, the, if I if someone was asking me about that about myself. Right. I would, it, it's just such a, it's such a trap, you know, it is a trap. Exactly. There's like I said, there's w- only one correct way to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You have, you have to say, well, I've, you know, it's like a job interview, you know, like, right. What, are, <laughs> what, what are your, uh, worst, what are your, you know, your weaknesses? Well, I care, I too, care much. too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I don't know. It's hard for me. It's hard to me. It's hard for me to evaluate um, the job that he's done, and that is because well, you got I, people saying that you know Obama was able to cure SARS, um, you know, or whatever. So you know, why can't Trump get it done? I, I've actually like, heard that argument today. <laughs> like, it's so funny that people like people just don't know what they're talking about. You know, right? Like, what did what did Obama do about? about SARS. You know what I mean? Like what, what did he, what did he do? <laughs> Whatever he did, I guarantee you ha- is no different than what Trump is doing right now. You know? Yeah. The, the biggest piece of criticism that I've heard that, that might hold merit is like the time frame um, for which Trump responded to this. Right. And honestly, I don't think that, that, uh, that criticism holds much merit because I mean, he responded very, very quickly and you can't say like, well, you should have, you should have done it sooner. Well, like the first case I think was back in like November. 
you know, so when when I want to ask, so when the when the reporters ask him this question, like, do you do you think that we were a little too slow, or do you think that would you going back would you have done it differently? They're just they're just goading him to to say that he would have done something differently, and then that would be their headline, you know? Right, exactly. I, I, Trump so admits I would, defeat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I, if I were Trump, I would say, well, like, should I have just put the country on lockdown? in November when we first heard about this back in Wuhan, you know, like what would, what would you have me do that? People are, people have hindsight and hindsight is 2020. And, you know, like we, we know like not to use nine 11 or to Pearl, Pearl Harbor, you know, we, we know, we know now that those events took place. So, you know, should we have had those people in those buildings on September 11th? In 2000, no. <laughs> 2001. should we have had them there? Well, no, we should have had them there because they were going to die, but we didn't know that then, you know what I mean? So right. when you, so I think when you think about it from that objective, sort of a little more fair perspective, I think that people, people could be a little more lenient and a little more appreciative of what Trump has done. Um, well, what has he it, done? Well, closing the border to China was a big, big move. Um, that was something that, um, I think, I think, uh, the liberal media actually gave him shit over doing that. Like, Oh, why he's shutting there's, there's Americans in, in China and Trump hates China and all that (laughs) stuff, you know? And, and now that's been one of the, that's been one of the badges of honor that Trump proudly displays because that was a very quick and decisive, um, call that he made. Um, it was the right call for sure. Yeah. I mean, and then, and then I think like five days, seven days later, he shut down Europe. I mean, you know that. So, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think as, as far as, um, for those that don't know, I was supposed to go to Europe that weekend. Uh, so I was supposed to be in, in Spain and France, um, the following two weeks. So the, the Wednesday that Trump closed the borders to, to Europe, I was flying out that Saturday. So completely wrecked my plans for Europe, but I'm, you know, I'm glad he did. So anyway, sorry, go ahead. But I want to explain something. I, so I work in the government and I see a lot of stuff and I see a lot of stuff that Trump does, but honestly, it's hard to put together the full picture because I'm only seeing everything is so compartmentalized. And, um, in, in my, I mean, there are positions in the government that have this 30,000 foot perspective of everything. And then they can kind of see all the moving parts individually and see the bigger picture. But me as like a worker bee, I only see one thing that I'm working on. So it's hard for me to analyze or give comment, um, to the, the bigger picture, but that's coming from someone who's on the inside. So when you have people who are from the outside and their only perspective on this stuff is the media, those people, if they have an opinion about anything, like they, um, shouldn't, I mean, I, well, not that, they, not that they shouldn't have an opinion, but it's just funny it's to uninformed. hear them. Yeah. Well, it's uninformed, but not to their not to their fault. I mean, the the they're talking about something they just quite simply don't understand. Uh, the the timeline, the decisiveness, the the action, the inaction, the the whole the whole problem solving process, the everything that goes into it, the stuff that happens behind closed doors. People just don't know anything about that kind of stuff. 
right. they don't know all that. There's so many undefined variables that people don't know, but still people are um, forming opinions. And, and, you know, I think, I think that's a trend we see in our country because the media is, um, is pushing their opinions a lot. And, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that the media right now is kind of um, tripping up on is the the statistics and the figures and the projections, you know, and data science is is an entire field. Stat- statisticians, that's an entire uh, field of study that you have professionals working on. And for a politician to get up into or or even a health professional to, to get up and to articulate the complex uh, equations and projections that and, and the figures that that go into trying to inform the public, the public, the media just sharpshoots their information as if the media themselves are professional statisticians. And I the journalism is not hard, right? You ask questions, you write it down, you print it or you record it, right? And then that's what it's supposed you, and, to be, right? And then you let people hear it. You know, you're you're a vessel. You're an information vessel. You go get the information. You bring it to the people who want to buy it, buy it, or pay for it, or whatever. Consume it, right? Right. But these, but these days, there it's such a complex process. You have people who are sharpshooting um, these guys about the information that they're trying to put out, as if they know better um, how to present or talk about the information or whatever, and that just simply creates like this false image, and people just think that there is a right answer out there and this, this syndicate or that syndicate has uncovered it. And, you know, Trump's an idiot, you know, and he's trying to kill us, you know, like it's just, there's always an agenda behind what they're reporting. So they go in asking questions, knowing that they're going to try to spin it a certain way. Exactly. News should be simple. This is what Trump said. No interpretation. Here's what he said. Like that's right. what the news should be, but that's not what you get anymore. You get opinion piece after opinion piece, right? So, so I hear you on that. I want to kind of redirect us back to the question though. What has Trump done? That's good for, you know, this pandemic. You said first and foremost, close the borders to China. Okay. And we, we both agree. I think that was a great, a great thing to do. Uh, and okay. then after that, he closed the borders to Europe. Uh, what was it like seven days later? Now, what did yeah. he do? What what else has he done that's been, you know, good that we would, you know, be okay with him rating himself 10 out of 10? Yeah. I mean, so, so quickly forming the coronavirus task force was very important because, um, you know, the, the government is so big there, you know, you have this previously, I think like the CDC would be in charge of handling this. And the CDC, I don't think now this is, I'm not, that's I don't the work center for disease control. Yeah. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't work for them. So I don't know specifically what they would have been doing. Um, well, they're, they're very, very busy during this, of course. Well, according but to the movie I, outbreak, they would be sending <laughs> these military men in to find the host and they would right. get the serum from the host within like an hour and be able to give it to everyone to cure them within an hour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, but I, I do know they're probably not equipped to have like the, dis- the quick decisive, um, tools in place to be able to, um, actually do stuff, right. you know, like allocate funds or, um, get governors together and talk about this or that, you know, um, the national dictate where the national stockpile goes. I mean, they're probably, they're in charge of like putting the national stockpile together, not so much like handing it out, you know? Right. And so the government Wait a minute. Is so, so Trump big. is not responsible for getting masks to everybody. <laughs> but, well, <laughs> like, like you and I, <laughs> exactly. No, I mean, <laughs> no, <laughs> I think that's a lot of people's perception. Yeah. I mean, if, if Trump was going to send a care package of like how to fight, how to defeat the coronavirus in your own personal household, I mean, people <laughs> is, is our government supposed to just snap their fingers and put this stuff together? You know, I mean, that's just ridiculous. Well, shouldn't they have a surplus of that already ready to go? Like, wouldn't it be nice to have that? Yeah, I mean, they should have 600 million masks, um, you know, two for every person in the country. Um, you know, in case you drop yours in your raviolis, you got to spare, you know. <laughs> um, but, I, but I think so forming, forming the coronavirus task force and having a mix hodgepodge um, group of people on it is a very, very um, good move. That's not something that, Obama had to do with SARS. He didn't need to do it because it didn't affect uh, our country like the coronavirus is or the COVID nineteen is affecting um, our is country. Is COVID nineteen the correct way to say it? Because you you corrected yourself from coronavirus. So it's the coronavirus is multiple strands of the virus containing like the flu. There are multiple different types of coronavirus. Okay, so. This specific strain of coronavirus causes the COVID-19 disease. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's COVID is a coronavirus. The D in it is disease and 19 is for the year. Okay. So when you say coronavirus, you're talking about the coronavirus. When you say COVID-19, you're talking about the disease that the virus creates. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So they're not one and the same, actually. They're different. It's like... It's like one, HIV. one is cause of the other. Yeah. It's okay. like HIV and AIDS. It's the gotcha. same thing. Like HIV gotcha. is the virus. AIDS is the disease. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. So um, forming the task force is important because. Um, you, all right. So I work in one department in the government. Uh, I, my boss tells me something to do. Then I'm limited to my department. Right. I can't right. like call the other like another department and say, hey, dude, my boss wants this. He's going to be all like, uh, I don't work for you. You know what I mean? Like exactly. Our government is so huge. Um, it doesn't always work together that, that well. Now we have, have tons of systems put in place to be able to, uh, adequate, adequately share information and, co- and work together, but none of that stuff is expedient. And so putting together a task force was a necessary and vital move because it, it is a centralized effort of leadership to be able to make sure that everyone is working together for a quick and decisive solution to the problem. And so that was uh, that was something that Trump did um, was much to his credit. Um, 
other than that, I I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know the like the um, the stimulus the stimulus package is good for the economy. Um, there's yeah, I'm there's getting st- uh, my family's going to get twenty four hundred bucks, man. I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. I you know I'm going to put it in the market. It's a good time to good time to buy. Yeah. You know? I'm going to put yeah. mine into my house. I've got some house issues I got to take care of. <laughs> sucks. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. I'm going to put I'm going to put mine back in the market and uh you know roll the dice and see what happens. I think the I think the market's going to come back. I every time Trump kind of like talks about the market, it's literally I I every time Trump talks about the market, you see an uptick or a downtick, you know. Right. And so all all he he gives people confidence or he gives them fear. And right now he's just trying to instill confidence because if the com- if the economy doesn't do well, it makes him look bad because he ran on okay, well I'll sh- make the economy strong, you know. Right. So it's so it's in his vested interest to end his first term with a still roaring economy, so that right. way he can stand up there during the debates and he can give it to old man Biden and say hey no one has <laughs> no one has uh, done what done for the economy what i've done for it and so yeah. you know you, you see a lot of that talk because honestly people respond to it people like me who you know often trade in the stock market um you know we we look to his words and we'll say oh man you know and maybe he's right or maybe he's full of shit i don't know maybe i should sell my positions today Oh, you know what? Let's t- today's a good buying day. Let's buy, you know. Um, and so when he comes out with those types of um, statements, the the market responds. Right. And so when he when he says stuff like that now, it's because he desperately wants the market to improve. Of but course. honestly, who would, who wouldn't want the market to improve? Yeah, of course. Because his uh, his, his success is kind of t- the economy's success is tied to Trump's success and honestly the the market's success is sort of tied to my success and your success. You know what I mean? So Right. Everyone has a vested interest in the market doing well. Exactly. So yeah. So let me I, ask you, you this. What, you can't fault a man who's just trying to make make the market successful. Right. Right. So let me ask you this. What do you make of Trump's approval ratings right now? They're the highest they've ever been. Are they really? Yeah, they're the highest they've ever been. Wow. Uh, yeah. Did you know that? No, I, I had no idea. Yeah, it seems like the media is the most critical they've ever been, but his ratings are the highest they've ever been. I, I find that to be just extremely interesting. You know, I have I have a, I have a thought. This is this is me spitballing. You know, people form their opinions based off of the media spin on Trump, right? Right. But at, for the past six weeks, people haven't only been watching the media talking about trump right they've been actually watching trump they've been watching people sit and watch that entire one hour press conference every night have you seen have you seen the numbers for the 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 viewing ratings of those press conferences no i haven't are they pretty high dude they're high like trump is very proud of this fact they're higher than like sporting events they're higher than well they certainly uh, are now 
the season finale of The Bachelor and other thing, other popular shows. You know, they are they the ratings. Like there was one night there were eight um, eight point three million people were watching the press conference. Yeah, that's pretty high. That's pretty high ratings. Yeah, very 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 high. And so I think people might be. This is just just this is a an idea. People might be getting their news about Trump straight from Trump more than more than ever now. Yeah. Because when you when you think about it, when does Trump when does Trump say the things that he says? He says it like during the workday and it might be recorded, it might not be, whatever, because he's at some meeting or he's meeting with um, um, you know a foreign leader, foreign dignitary or whatever. That's all happening during the during the workday while you and I are at work. And we hear about it at the end of the day on the news or the radio after it's happening, right? Right. And so there's so that a filter gets applied to that and it gets spun a different way. And so we don't really get access to the primary source of information. Um, but now everyone's getting their information about Trump directly from Trump because he's on TV every damn night for that an makes hour. a lot of sense. That makes a lot so, of sense. Yeah. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's, maybe that's something that, um, you know, in the media is like, why can't we make people hate Trump? You know, uh, because <laughs> people are probably calling bullshit and saying, you know what, like this Trump dude is like bombastic and kind of crazy, but I mean, he's not an idiot, you know, like he's, I mean, he's not, it's well, debatable. Not <laughs> he's not uh, maybe it's maybe they're seeing that hey this guy is doing everything that he can you yeah know what i mean i didn't uh, speak though uh apparently his ratings have gone down the last few days but but they did reach an all-time high recently oh okay yeah. so we've talked a lot about like the positives of trump's response to covid19 coronavirus fiasco pandemic whatever it's called uh 5g conspiracy theory let's talk about some of the criticisms you might have of his handling of it or maybe even just some criticisms in general of president trump yeah um like i said earlier i think him spitballing from the from the podium is is probably shouldn't happen. That's my know? favorite thing about Trump, though. Well, it's entertaining, but it's, <laughs> it's hilarious. He's it a comedian. Really kind of, yeah. Oh, I was going to tell you my favorite thing that happened at one of these like press conferences recently was what he said about Mitt Romney. Did you hear what he said about Mitt Romney? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was so funny. He was like, uh, Mitt Romney's got it. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Mitt Romney's got it. Huh. That's that's that's, that's too bad, or that's unfortunate, or whatever. With the critical stimulus package vote expected, Romney's in isolation. Yes. yes. Gee, that's too bad. Um, Go ahead. Uh, detect sarcasm there, no. sir. No, uh, no whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> and then the and then the the reporter was like, "Oh, did I did I detect any like sarcasm?" He's like, "No, no sarcasm." Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And you know what? If Trump was any other guy, that would be the biggest news ever. Oh Trump yeah, sl- you know, Trump slams um, Romney in a hope that he gets coronavirus. You know, right? But it's a shitty Trump- thing to say. Yeah, but you know, and it's 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 low and and just and petty. It's it's very petty, super petty. Um, 
it's unbecoming of the of the office of uh, of the presidency, honestly. Um, but the fact that tr- that there are countless moments just like that, they just get sort of shuffled to the back, you know. And I mean, personally, that's why I kind of want four more years of Trump. <laughs> I mean. You think Trump is crazy right now? You think Trump is entertaining right now? I just... I, what happens when he doesn't have to worry about re-election? Right. You know? Yeah. What I mean, he's still got to worry about impeachment. Well, just that. Just don't do anything illegal, and you're good there, right? Oh, and, come on. They all do illegal stuff all the time. Well, don't get caught, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, but, I agree with you. I, I, it is unbecoming of the president, and I guess you have to be critical of of the way that he does those things. Yeah. But like you said, I'm highly entertained by it, and I think some of those people that he's saying that to, they deserve it. Specifically, whenever he's talking to the media, I really think they deserve it, and I'm so glad that someone's telling them that, and I hope they take it to heart. Absolutely, because when he like with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. The media has great, great power and more, I mean, almost more power than the executive branch uh, sometimes as far as public opinion and motivation and, and, you know, that kind of thing, uh, morale. And so they should be, they should be held responsible. And so him, him calling someone out for bad journalism um, is something quite frankly that I think should happen. And I don't think that that. That reminds me of kind of like the House of Parliament in in uh, in the UK. You know, the House of Parliament, the ge- the gentlemen and the gentlewomen in the House of Parliament, they're making these cheeky little jabs at their political opponents because culturally, they're they're you know they're they're opponents, and that's how they kind of deal with opposition. You know, and I don't, so I don't think that it's necessarily unbecoming of the of the office of the president to make those cheeky little jabs at members of the press because honestly. I don't think they're doing a very good job and they're not held accountable to it at all whatsoever. So if Trump can actually get those jabs in and sort of create some awareness on the unfairness that is rampant in the media, I think that that's a, I think that's a good thing. I don't think that, you know, it, as long as he does that when it's due, um, I have no problem. I have no problem with it. Yeah. I, I do. I don't like, I don't like how, white and black it's become um meaning he'll say things like cnn is fake news and you know they might or might not be whatever and then in the same breath he'll say i'll go over here to fox a real news network Mm, yeah and i just yeah he's wrong on that fox is not a real news network just like cnn is not a real news network right fox just happens to be in his camp and cnn isn't you know right and have you ever heard so, the uh, theme song to News for Noobs? Have you ever heard that song? It's a little rap yeah, that, I, yeah, I did. I have, yeah, I love it. Yeah, because it's like uh, it it calls out both CNN and Fox for being you know trash, which they are. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I stopped paying attention to the news. Um, it's so it's like it's detest. I mean, it's hard for me to. Uh, quickly digest news without either following them on some sort of social media or um, watching the news or listening to the radio. And the, the sad thing about it is the only the larger news syndicates are um, put put their news out on on those types of media. 
um, those types of um, like those outlets and you can't get good news um, at a quick rapid pace. And by good news, you mean like good unbiased, probably local news, you know, like it's hard to get that on an application is what you're saying. Exactly. I mean, it's it's hard, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to, there's no channel on TV for that. There's no, there's no serious XM station for good regular news without, I mean, I, I was a huge, I used to be a huge fan of NPR and I still would, would listen to NPR over, over other, um, um, syndications, but, um, it, their bias is clear. I mean, everyone's bias to me now is so painfully clear and obvious that I just, I can't, I hate sifting through all that to get to the truth. Right. Yeah. So once again, we're becoming critical of the media when we need to be critical of Trump. What, what else has Trump done that you might be critical of? And Uh, and believe me, I agree with you 100% with what you're saying. I'm tracking with you on that. Yeah. I would say one thing, one thing that I wish Trump would have done. So he, right now he's empowering the experts, putting them in front of the people, having them answer questions. They should have been doing that from the very beginning. Right. Um, There was like a, there was like a two week time period where they weren't doing that. And like Pence, Pence was Mr. Science, Mr. Scientist Pence was, uh, (laughs) was, uh, uh, was the tip of the spear on informing the public about what's going on. And I just think that that was a bad call. I God's think. punishing the gays. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the damn GAYs that we're in this mess, uh, in the first place. Oh, I mean, Pence. If, if, if God doesn't kill all the, the GAYs <laughs> with this pandemic and next year, there's going to be like, volcanoes and you know what's funny about pence is that the left wanted to impeach trump so that pence would be president yeah that blows my mind he's way more conservative and way more you know radical in my opinion than trump is yeah i mean he's certainly he's certainly more conservative um and so it does it, it it does kind of highlight the media's agenda you know yeah um and, or not just the media but the but but the the liberal left in in congress especially but but yeah i don't know that that's that's kind of a smoking gun argument of like you would rather pence be in charge like <laughs> it's pretty silly yeah but yeah. I mean, people like trump has said some stupid shit and people don't people just cannot live with themselves if they don't fight and rebel against this man because of the things that he said, you know, like if I was to sit here and I was to throw out all these like racial slurs, for example, um, people out there would not rest until I was completely undone. You know, I need to lose my job. You'd be canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag canceled. I just learned what that was like a couple days ago. I was so old. (laughs) I'm like canceled, like from TV. No canceled from, from life, from culture, from online identity. You're done because the internet is so, if the internet packs so large of a punch has so much power and it enables people to actually fight back. And so people are taking that power and actually doing something about it. And so when, when, you know, 
when Trump says something like, you know, grab him by the pussy or what, what did he say? <laughs> God. I don't, I don't. He said, grab him by the pussy. Yeah. Or grab yeah. her by the pussy. Grab her by the pussy. Yeah. Yeah. So when he, when he said that, which is very vulgar, right? Yeah. Um, you have people who make it their life's mission to just undo this guy without thinking that the alternative might be worse. Right. You know, I just yeah. think so. Well, let's talk about the alternative. Yeah. Creepy Joe. He's, he's got some allegations now against him about uh, his uh, sexual abuse or whatever. Um, really? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I didn't know that. I yeah, didn't know that. Absolutely. He's uh well, not only that, I mean, you've probably seen the millions of, of images of him sniffing people's hair, right? Have you seen those? Right. Creepy Joe. Yeah. 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 That's him like gr- touching, fondling like the 13 year old girl who looked just as trying, is just there, who doesn't want to be there in the first place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's just weird. But honestly, can I just be devil's advocate for old creepy Joe? Yeah. Let's, let's hear it. <laughs> My grandfather's the same way. You know Wait a what minute. I mean? He he sniffs people's hair? Well, no, <laughs> but... He he lets little kids come up to him in the pool and rub his hair, his leg hair? Did you see well, that video? No. <laughs> God. Charles, you, you, you got to watch these videos of Creepy Joe. He's he's at a rally and he's talking to these uh, African-American people and he's like, and so I used to go to the pool and the, you know, the little kids, he's talking about the, these little black kids would, uh, you know, my, my leg hair turns blonde in the summer and, and uh, in the pool, the, the hair would, you know, stand on end and they'd rub their hand up and down my leg. And, and so I learned about roaches and I, and, and he just, he doesn't make any sense when he's talking, you know, and he starts, he goes off on a tangent. I'm going to play it. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn, uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down. So it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap and I've loved kids jumping on my lap. All right. So I, when I was in Africa, I have long blonde hair and everyone wanted to run their fingers through my hair because it was different. Yeah. But these were little black kids in America. Dude. When I was, when I grew up in the South, I would go into family dollar and, and like buy myself a candy bar and the black lady checking me out at the register would touch my hair because, and, and, and then my, my son who has very, very white blonde hair. Um, every time we go to like a national park and we're surrounded by Asians who are from Asia, like tour, they are touring America. Yeah. That they have, they like Just never make sure you're seen... wearing a mask, right? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would never eat like Chinese food these days. Cause you can get it through eating Chinese. Like it's in the soy sauce, I think. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, no, those, those people, they like try to touch my son. They try to touch his hair. They try and take pictures of him because they've never seen it before. And so I, I bet a little black kid who has really only ever been around his family would, would maybe want to touch creepy Joe's silver leg hair. Okay. But why bring that up at a conference that you're, you know, talking to people? I, I don't, I don't understand that. 
I get I bet because his his interactions with other ethnic cultures and other ethnic groups is probably limited and that was something that stood out in his mind and at a, on a moment's notice he was searching for examples to sound relevant and sound you know <laughs> he like sounded he like was, an idiot yeah uh, yeah I'm not saying I'm saying what he was trying to sound yeah. like he was trying to sound like he you know I'm I have black friends I I hang out with black kids and they touch my leg hair you know it was, <laughs> it, probably and I don't even I don't even I haven't even seen this but I can just guess at what he was trying to do which was just trying to identify with a certain type of people and he was just drawing from his limited experiences you know yeah yeah I'm afraid he's so going to get it probably highlights another fault of his not so much that he's creepy but but he's probably just a politician who's really phony you know he's definitely a politician who's phony um but you know i i just, he's going to get obliterated in the debates when he goes up against trump that's all there is to it and you know i don't see how he even has a snowball chance in hell of winning this election against trump um i just i think it's in the bag for trump uh, no matter how you cut it didn't his teeth fall out during a debate? <laughs> yeah, they did. And didn't his like? Didn't he? Wasn't his eye bleeding at one point, or he was bleeding? He's falling so, apart, man. His his face, you know, looks like it's one little layer of cells or something. It's it's stretched so tight and so thin, and he just looks yeah. bad. He lo- he just looks bad, man. And and I don't I don't think that he's got it in him to be president. You know what happened whenever the whole coronavirus thing. Uh, came about Joe went into hiding <laughs> that wasn't very presidential oh, yeah. no one knew where he was for a few weeks you know and then of course yeah, he had that like, sexual allegation and it's just like damn it's not so looking good for you Joe sexual allegation at all about oh you had the- somebody that worked for him back in the 90s uh claims that he sexually assaulted her um and that she was you oh. know just afraid to to talk about it or anything until now um so she got so he basically got me too'd well, exactly. But then, of course, you got Alyssa Milano, who's the leader of the Me Too movement, who's going, you know, I don't think we should judge him uh, right off the bat. You know, we need to figure out really? what really happened. The crazy thing is that she was the one that's Whatever happened to like believe women, you know, exactly. Whenever it's your friends and people that you are behind, you know, of course, well, they're going to get the benefit of the doubt. But everyone else, you know, there's just a I mean, I mean, of course, the Me Too movement needs to happen. And of course, women need to come forward. OK, but at the same time, there needs to be a balance like i mean i think about juanita broderick you know she's the one that goes after clinton all the time saying that uh he raped her in a hotel room and hillary clinton covered it up you know this this uh woman juanita broderick and and most people say oh well most liberals anyway say oh she's a liar you know it's like you wouldn't be saying that if she were accusing donald trump of course she's a huge trump supporter but if she was accusing the person you didn't like she would be telling the truth Exactly. I, you know, it's a catch 22 with, with that stuff, you got to be really careful. And certainly, you know, I think rape is, I mean, everyone knows it's an absolutely horrible and horrific thing. And, you know, anyone who does that deserves to have their balls chopped off. You know what the word, you know what the word fan, uh, like if you're a sports fan is short for fanatic. Yeah. Fanatic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we, in, in this country, we, people, if you're a fan of this party or that party or this this candidate or that candidate you're like you are fanatic to the point of where you are like not you're not 
um, wrestling with uh, reasonable thought because you are you're just seeing things through a lens um, that um, your mind is already made up for you. Right. You know? And you know, not that's not one hundred percent of the case. I think there's a large portion of our of our population who is informed, um, and they take the good with the bad, and maybe they wrestle. Maybe they take some. Um, they they trade. Well, I'll trade this bad thing over here for more more good over here, as far as re- regards to policy or whatever you know. But the vast majority, I think, of people, I mean, they root for this or that candidate or this or that party, like people do with their damn football teams. Right. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Crazy. And they'll support, even whenever they're having a bad year, or the players suck. They'll be like, Oh, my team's the best. You know, they'll still be rooting oh, yeah. for them. Yeah. And they'll, they'll pull up. Oh, well back in like 87, exactly. we were top, baby. you know, like whatever, like it's, that was an 87 dude. Right. My wife is a huge Bernie supporter and she's like, he's been doing this since the, you know, since the sixties. And I'm like, it's 2020 <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so, I want to just ask you a few more questions that kind of like maybe get off of the political topic a little bit, uh, if that's okay yeah. with you. Who are you going to be voting for uh, in 2020? Is that uh, uh, public information? Well, last uh, – I, I went Gary Johnson last election. Um, I don't know who – Gary Johnson, third party, is, libertarian? Yeah. 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 I don't know who is running on the libertarian uh, ticket this year. But if I don't think Gary Johnson get, is. No, I know he's not, but I think someone else is. If it is somebody who might actually get, like, I think, what is it, 15, 16% of the national uh, popular vote? Yeah. I, I mean, they would have yeah. a hard time doing that. But yeah. Yeah. I, I might vote for them again just because I want the I want the, a third party to be thrown into our political arena mm-hmm. and if if a third party can satisfy at that threshold percentage of the popular vote then they will qualify for federal campaign spending and that will kind of thrust them into the political um, spotlight a little more yeah and I think that's what our political um, climate is lacking is a third party with a two party system. The parties just all they have to do is be slightly better than the other party. Yeah. It looks like and, right now the, uh, the leading libertarian candidate is a guy named Jacob Hornberger uh, with a name like uh, Hornberger. Good luck. <laughs> hungry. Yeah, exactly. Hornberger. That's a, that's a German name. If I've never heard one. Yeah, it sounds like a Nazi. So <laughs> never mind. I'm gonna vote for Trump, I guess. Oh, I'm I'm abstaining from voting this year, uh, just like I did last year or last time. Yeah, in 2016, yeah. It, you know, it was Hillary, Trump, or Gary Johnson. I was not a big fan of Gary Johnson, although uh, in the previous election to 2020, so I guess 2016, I felt the Johnson, um, but I did not feel the Johnson the last time around. Did I say 2016? I guess it was 2012. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know, if you have a choice between two old guys, one that's senile and can't even string a sentence together. And the other who politically you just don't necessarily agree with, although he's entertaining, you got to lean with entertaining. I am just going to abstain. 
there's not a good candidate out there. I liked Tulsi Gabbard, um, but I kind of lost a lot of respect for her whenever she decided to back Joe Biden. Um, I was really hoping, you know, that she would kind of continue to fight against the DNC uh, like she had been. Um, she was even suing Hillary Clinton. I don't know if she's still doing that or not, but I, I just, I loved the fact that she was saying, you know what? Our, our, um, our party has a lot of corruption in it and let's take care of that corruption. I loved that mentality. You know, I wish somebody on the right would do that too. I, I feel like uh, Rand Paul used to kind of be like that, but I don't really yeah. feel like he does that much anymore. But anyway, yeah, I'm going to be abstaining this year. So uh, I will not be uh, voting for the president and I feel really good about it. Well, you're, you live in Texas, so it won't matter. Exactly. I mean, Trump's going to get the nominee anyway, but um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well, what have you been doing? Uh, when's the last time you took a shower? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully sheltering in place. I took a shower this morning, but I would say over the past two weeks, I've probably taken three showers. Yeah. Same. Uh, absolutely the same. It's so weird not having to get up and go into work. You know, I've been working from home. So it's like, you know, I just, I take a shower whenever I feel kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And since I haven't been getting I, out or anything, it's like, hey, I feel pretty damn good. I think it uh, says a lot about my, my level of discipline at the moment. Um, <laughs> I'm like forgetting to brush my teeth. Yeah. Uh, you know, a little just fuzzy. Like, just, hi- yeah, hygiene is like, I'll just kind of like run my teeth, run my tongue across my teeth and go, hmm, did I not brush my teeth this morning? You just go eat something and you'll forget about it. Like, yeah, how long ago was it? <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm about to probably eat some more Doritos, so I should probably yeah. just brush teeth later <laughs> how much weight have you gained <laughs> oh dude i don't even have a scale but i've gained weight too. <laughs> i have gained some weight uh it's ridiculous i usually work out at home anyway so i shouldn't be gaining that much weight um but but yeah man i just i don't know this whole this whole thing has just zapped my productivity yeah i've been working from home a lot um so i've been pretty productive at home uh, I've got my home office set up really well. Uh, so I've, I've done some stuff here and there in that regard. But other than that, as far as my personal self, like my, my person, uh, dire straits right now, man. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Yeah. Well, I mean, since no one's going to have to go to the beach this summer because we're all going to be quarantined, there's no reason to have a beach pod, right? Uh, man, I, if the quarantine lasts until the summer, then I, I'm not going to make it, man. I <laughs> Just get out and take car rides. You know what? I've seen some. I've seen some reports in the media about people getting pulled over and ticketed for driving around and stuff for like quote unquote going on drives and stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I that that probably hasn't happened too much. But I think if that ever happens, if that happened to me, like I'm just gonna the this the injustice is gonna swell up so much that I'm gonna do something stupid and get arrested. You know? well, I hope you don't do that, but I, I kind of feel the same way. That would, that would seem like a, an overreach a little bit. Like yeah. I, you'd, you'd still be social distancing. You're in your car. Exactly. Just driving the, the, around. Okay. They, they tell you don't go outside. Well, the reason they tell you that is because you should be social distancing, right? Right. But why don't they just tell you, Hey, you need to go social distance yourself. So meaning if you do get out and go, you know, you're not, taking unnecessary trips to here and there or whatever going out on a drive should be like the safest activity that you can do. Yeah. And in, in that regard, when I see people referencing that, when I see people driving in their car with masks on, I just want to like slap <laughs> them in the face. 
I see people driving with gloves and with their masks and like they probably were wearing their mask or wearing their gloves all day. Yeah. And Touching like, their face. Yeah. Is the coronavirus in your car? You know, like, what, <laughs> what are you doing? I what saw the- a meme the other day, and I don't know if this was real or if someone just did it to be funny, but you know how your vehicle, the radiator has like a grill to let air in or whatever? Yeah. They, they, they made a mask for their car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they don't want, I, I, you know, I've thought of that too. Like, what if someone in front of me hawks a loogie? Right. And, you know, some some droplets, some spit droplets, go through my air vent. I think the radiator would nuke it. Oh yeah, the, it would heat up. You know, and you have an air filter too. The air right. filter's got a. There's a series of tubes. Uh, yeah. To quote, um, what's his name? The, the guy who created the internet. Tom from MySpace. No. <laughs> uh, not Bob Dole, but the guy the guy that created uh, global warming. Al Gore. Internet. Al Gore. Yeah. Yeah. You know, dude, have you seen a picture of that dude's package? What? Have you seen a picture of Al Gore's dick? Not like his bear dick, but through his pants. <laughs> no, but he has a bear dick. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got you got to Google it. Just, just okay. Yeah, Al Gore's dick. There's like an imprint, um, you know. And I remember it being a big thing back in the day. Big thing, pun intended. Oh, eyebrow raise. <laughs> I will look that up. Yeah, but yeah, car rides whatever. I think that's a good activity. Um, I don't think this, I don't, I really truly don't think this will last until the summer. Um, you know, we, we've already, there's already been reports about the curve, like flattening out. Right. right. And there are, I, the report I saw today was that there are 16,000 reported deaths. Um, you know, and everyone has to qualify this statement of, um, that they always try to make, um, by saying, first off, more than any more than any deaths more than one you know anything more than zero is you know you know uh, a travesty or whatever you know yeah but you have to take this into consideration that you know the the flu in this country i think kills between 6 and 15,000 people a year something like that or maybe 6 and 20,000 people a year um let me fact check that real quick it fluctuates. It goes back and forth. Um, the flu, the, the flu virus has high and low projections. Um, and, uh, we are, we are above the common flu. What does it say? Between 12,000 and 61,000 deaths annually since 2010. Right. So we are in between with six, with the number 16,000, we are on the low end of that high, low range of the flu, right? Right. There's going to be a lot more by the end of the year, though. Well, yeah, but if if we have hit our peak right now, and they're saying that it's the cases are going down, then it, it, it stands to reason that we are not going to exceed normal flu, seasonal flu deaths. Right, yeah. Which, which means, when's the last time... You you have seen the economy at a standstill or public quarantined. When have you ever seen that because of the flu? Never, not once. No, never ever. And so when people kind of, I think if so, if the trend still is going the way it's going, which is down, 
then people are going to start coming to their senses. And like by the summertime, this is going to be something that everyone is going to laugh about how, like how crazy it was. Like, remember when we stayed inside for three months? Like that was crazy. It'll definitely be something that, that, you know, people who are young right now will tell their grandkids, you know, it, it's something that they'll, they'll remember. It, it, it'll be like our, like when we talk about nine 11, Oh, I remember where I was at. I remember what I did. You know, I, people will talk about this. Oh, I, I, you know, I remember staying at home for three months uh, or four months or however long it's going to be during the coronavirus or COVID-19 epidemic of 2020, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I the, the, the problem it is posed on our society in our system, our health system is that all that, those 16,000 deaths and, you know, the, the 400, 400,000 reported cases. And I mean, and then on top of that number, you have, uh, those other people that thought they had the virus, but went to the hospital, but didn't have it. You know, the number, the number of people who have been in and out of the hospitals is, you know, well over a million, if not more. Um, and so that has just put a strain on the on our healthcare system, and that has caused that has caused this hysteria, and rightfully so. But the aftermath of all the hysteria is not going to be. I don't. I think it's. I th- I don't think it will overshadow what we typically see on an annual basis with the regular flu. Anyway, does that make sense? No, absolutely, it makes total sense. And um, no, I agree. And I I think there is. I guess like a light at the end of the tunnel, it does kind of feel like this thing is uh, kind of waning a little bit. And certainly I hope it is. There's a lot of people out there that need to get back to work and, and, you know, make money. And there's a lot of people out there that um, are just, I think Trump's right. Whenever he says that there's going to be a lot of people with, with uh, mental health issues from having to, to stay inside for three months, you know, people are social beings. We're, we're a social people and we want interactions. We crave it. And, uh, not everybody, but for the most part, and we need that. I think that that's something that we're going to have to get back to and something that we should get back to pretty quickly. Um, and hopefully we're, we're on our way. Yeah, I think you're right. And, but I was just, I, you know, just in last year, I was remarking on how it just seems like people, stay inside too much you know people i lived in, I lived in a neighborhood in california where you had a bunch of um a bunch of families and kids and they were always outside they were always playing and i was just thinking well this is just something that i grew up with in the 80s and the 90s you know like where people actually used to go outside and talk to their neighbors i was like the rest of the country isn't really like this you know people right. are people would just rather sit inside and watch netflix and and now there's some good shit on Netflix though. Have you seen the Tiger King? Oh man, we want to just do a whole another <laughs> podcast episode about the Tiger King, dude. You and I should know well uh, about the Tiger King. We're we're from that part of the country. Oh yeah, <laughs> you know the Tiger King documentary gives me a lot of pride as as an Oklahoman. Uh, a lot of pride. A lot of pride and all the meth and crazy shit that goes down there there is so in that documentary alone there is so much crazy shit that the crazy shit starts to you get desensitized to all the crazy shit because there's crazier shit by comparison i want to read what i've i've watched that documentary twice are you serious <laughs> yes because so my wife my wife and i started watching it and then 
Um, like she fell asleep halfway through it. And I don't like, I don't watch things one episode at a time. I have to binge. Like I will lose sleep. I just can't stop watching. So I, wa- I finished the whole thing. And then she's like, well, why did you watch it without me? We had this whole little fight. And so we start, we, we started to rewatch it. And so I watched it again for the second time and watching it for the second time was almost more entertaining than the first, because when you watch it the first time, you're really distracted by the information. Cause you're like, wow, this is crazy. Where's this going? And there's this suspense element, right? Yeah. So, but when you watch it the second time, you already know what's, what's about to happen. And so you start to see all these other little Easter eggs that were there all along of just craziness that you may have missed the first time because yeah. you were just like the suspense factor. So, it, you know, for those, if this, I don't know if this is going to make it, make it onto your episode, but for you specifically and anyone listening, you, if you watch that and if you enjoyed it, you have to watch it a second time. It's like a whole <laughs> new experience. I'll definitely do that. Um, I, it's so funny how many people growing up, you know, that I was around that certain characters from that, show reminded me of and i'm like man that's you know that's exactly who we grew up with you know we're people just like that like i know people that are just like that you know it's crazy i know people that if you were to say hey i want to interview you um you would and they you would never hear them say hey you think i should put on shirt on first (laughs) like they would just say all right, bucket, let's do it. You know, and they would just, they would just roll into it and, you know, shirts be damned. That you know, guy got new teeth it. and he looks a lot better. Does he have new teeth? I yeah. need to look into that. Yeah. He needed some. Oh teeth. yeah. Golly, the meth ate him up bad. Uh, and you know what? The, the, the missing teeth wasn't, wasn't a problem for me, but the, the black gums, the oh. bruised black toothless gums. Oh, that is just, Oh, Almost kind of reminds you of L. Ron Hubbard. So let me ask you this: <laughs> the uh, the Netflix documentary. Okay, apparently Joe got two straight guys to be gay with him for years, yeah, because he could supply them with meth. As a straight man, do you really think that you could make that work for meth? No. I don't think so either. I, don't, I think those guys are gay. Totally. Uh, I mean, or at least they're bisexual. Well, the tigers. Oh think my God. Tigers. I'm over. I'm done with this conversation. <laughs> you wouldn't have sexual relations with, uh, wait, is, is, was he like 20 or 30 years older than those those kids? Yeah. You wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. You wouldn't get, get your, get your old man's rocks off just so you can play with some tigers. No, definitely not. Uh, I wouldn't either, but all I'm saying is I could see, I could see where people would. I can see where bisexual guys would, but these dudes are claiming they're straight. Dude, why are you trying to la- why are you trying to label people? <laughs> why are you trying to put all these labels on people? I don't care about them. I don't care about their sexuality. But whenever they say no, I'm actually straight. I don't buy that for a fucking second. Have you never lied to yourself? Of course I have, but I can't. There's no way I could make myself do that. <laughs> It just highlights a, a more systemic issue that these guys haven't really dealt with. And maybe they, I don't know, maybe they found something that you need. Maybe you need to take some more risks. I don't think so. Speaking of uh, <laughs> of taking more risks, did you, uh, 
like in the middle of the pandemic, you have uh, mainstream media people asking yeah. Trump if he's going to pardon Joe Exotic. Did you see this? No. Did they really? They did. Yeah. And he says he'll look into it. <laughs> Dude, I, I, you know what? I really hope he does. Yeah. What do you th- did, did, did? Let me ask you this. Did, did Joe Exotic, uh, do you think that he actually put the hit out on Carol Baskin? I think, honestly, man, I think this is a textbook case of entrapment because 100%. you you got the that one sleazy dude with the stupid goatee and the Jeff bandana, the hat. Jeff, yeah, yeah. You got that that dude, dude. If he would have said, "Hey, let's go," you know, stick uh, cans of uh, cream corn up our asses and <laughs> um, run around in a circle and call in the Martians to come pick us up and take us to Mars. Joe exotic would have been like, well, hell yeah, dude, let's do that. You know, he would have been, he would have done whatever Jeff said because Jeff had that power over him. Yeah. Jeff was rich. He He had had the money. He he had the money or so-called power. You know, he, and, and here you have like poor Joe exotic is a, is an uneducated, simple man who loves his tigers. And you know, for all the faults this guy probably has, which I'm sure there are many, um, you, he he probably cares a lot about what he's doing. Yeah, and and so I just feel like he—that's who he was. He he has his identity wrapped up into his work. He would have done anything that someone um, who came from like a like a position of authority would have told him to, to do. He would have done anything they would have said. And Jeff was that position of authority, rep, like presented himself in that light to Joe. And so, if of course, if if Jeff comes to him and said, says, "Hey, let's kill, let's kill this bitch," you know, he's gonna say, "Okay, yeah, hell yeah, I'm gonna put a bullet between her fucking eyes, Carol fucking Baskin, Carol Baskin, you know, <laughs> Carol Baskins, you know, like he, I don't know, it, he he said some crazy shit, of course, like he said some stuff that was really teetering into like threatening territory for sure, but." I don't think that any of that was necessarily illegal. And I don't think that I don't think he would have done what he did if it weren't for Jeff, like full stop. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And uh, as for Carol fucking Baskin, uh, what do you think? Guilty or not guilty on killing her husband, Don? Dude, I'm just going to say as a (laughs) as a novice. um, So I. I, I can tell if people are lying pretty well yeah. by their facial expression, by their facial expressions. Um, there's tons of micro expressions. That do you, you do you have not. training on that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. So um, I can I can look someone in the face and I can see the way they respond and kind of get a baseline of how they respond and that kind of thing. And so I'm not saying this de- with definitive proof because you know I'm not some human lie detector expert. But according to my training and according to my experience and according to the documentary, I would say that she is absolutely guilty. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Now, I would love to sit in an interview room with her and talk to her and ask her more questions and develop more of a like a a, like a more of a baseline um, on her uh, physiological responses to these types of questions. Right. But based on the physiological responses that I actually witnessed on the documentary, I would say a hundred percent guilty. hundred percent. I love it. I agree. Carol Baskin, you're guilty. Uh, I've heard that they're talking about reopening the case. I really hope they do. <laughs> 
No, they, the case has never been closed, but the, um, the sheriff of the county where he went missing has come out publicly and asked for more information. Oh, hell and, yeah. Like, yeah. Big, uh, big stars like Kim Kardashian, like they've tweeted about it and, you know, Carol fucking Baskins <laughs> is gonna, is, is, I don't know, man. Tiger King has been the number one Netflix watched program for like the past month. Yeah, well, Every of course. Every day for the past month. It came out at the one. perfect time. It came out at the perfect time. Netflix did not even know what they were getting into when they released that. You know, maybe Netflix released the this China virus <laughs> and, uh, and they did it at the perfect time. The perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Charles, thank you very much for coming on and talking about all this stuff and hopefully, you know, informing the public a little bit more about an insider's perspective of what's going on and, and also giving me your perspective on Carol fucking Baskin. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. I was happy to do it, man. Good to see you. Nice yeah. talking to you. Same. This episode of news for noobs was brought to you by our Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash fade to gray to join today for news that you can actually trust. Not like those other motherfuckers over there at CNN or MSNBC or Fox news. Continue listening to news for noobs. Peace.